Hi, and welcome to episode 25 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Updegrove. This episode features Plantation Three Stars White Rum, uh, Caribbean White Rum, that is. And then I'm going to talk about the Navy Grog and give it the promotion it has earned in honor of its faithful service for oh so many years. So Plantation Three Stars White Rum, kind of like episode 24 where I went back to the El Dorado well again, uh, this time I'm revisiting the Plantation line of rums. I've talked about Plantation rums way back in episode one and again in episode 19, and I assure you this won't be the last time we talk about Plantation rums. Uh, So anyways, with Plantation, I started buying the Gold Barbados rum when I saw it in the market. And then I bought a number of their bottles that were, um, they have like a single origin vintage line of rums. So I bought a number of those bottles that were from a specific country of origin and a specific vintage. So they had a, like a Trinidad 1999 and a Barbados 2000, Jamaica 2000, um, and some other ones. Um, I then ventured over to the dark and white mixing rums, um, quote unquote mixing rums. I'll use the air quotes on that. But like I've mentioned before, even plantations affordable mixing rooms are quite well done and stand up on their own. I recently, excuse me, I only recently bought the three star rum. Um, and like the dark rum, once I bought one, I haven't allowed myself to run dry on any one bottle. Um, it's always in rotation and always being replaced. Now the three stars of the plantation, three stars, white rum refer to the fact that this rum is a blend of three white rums from three different countries in the Caribbean from Barbados, from Trinidad and from Jamaica. Uh, the dark rum, if you recall from episode 19, is a Trinidad-based rum as well. Uh, don't expect this rum to be a substitute for a silver Puerto Rican rum in style, although you would, I would encourage you to try it in place of a silver Puerto Rican rum in your favorite recipes. In other words, it's not, you know, it's not a one-for-one swap out for a silver Puerto Rican rum, but it's close enough that you may use it in some of those recipes and find um, some interesting, you know, different ways to present those types of recipes. Anyways. Give it, it's, it's good for experimentation. Give it a go in those recipes and see which ones you like. Um, the idea of this rum is that it would take the best and unique, uh, most unique characteristics from each of the three country specific styles of rum and then produce something even grander. Um, the key to me when I think about it is going to be the Jamaican style, uh, because almost certainly that means adding a certain pot still funkiness to the rum as opposed to the Trinidad, which may be something that's perhaps a little cleaner, a little more column stilled. Uh, so by putting those three together, you're, you're hoping to create something that's greater than the sum of its parts um, and takes each of the unique characteristics of each one of those three regions and puts it together into um, um, a good package. Uh, the rum was launched in 2012. The base rum is the three-year Trinidad rum that is filtered down to clear. Uh, which according to the plantation site also removes tannins, uh, which I don't really think of too much in terms of rum. I obviously think of tannins more when it comes to wine, but there you go. Um, And then the rum is blended with unaged Barbados and Jamaican rums, and then it's uh, blended with a little bit of 12-year Jamaican rum. Well, they say some. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's a little, uh, but I have no way to quantify what the percentages uh, percentages are for each one of those rums. The marketing firm Plantation breaks down the three styles as, quote, Trinidad brings elegance and refinement, Barbados brings character and aromatics with fruit notes without being too heavy, and Jamaican brings the funk, the touch that makes it a complete product, end quote. Uh, So you're really getting good characteristics from the Barbados and Jamaican rums, and the Trinidad is primarily the neutral foundation from which they build that rum on. 
Uh, the Trinidad portion, I think, is mentioned as being column still, and then it's aged in oak before it's uh, filtered to remove the color. Um, and again, from the website, I found this to be an interesting quote in terms of um, why they approached this category and, and what they were thinking when they made this rum. Uh, quote, the white rum category is a competitive market cornered by huge corporations. Uh, Gabriel notes, that's Alexander Gabriel, the, um, the head of the plantation rum program. Uh, and again, quoting, we are a small artisanal spirit producer. So from a marketing perspective, this product makes no sense, end quote. Um, and it's true if you think of it that way, you know, all of the silver rums that you see that are dominating the market when you go into um, the big liquor stores is, you know, you're going to see Bacardi, um, first and foremost, that's the big silver rum. Um, and you're going to see some other Puerto Rican rums. Heck, even Cruzon is is much more, you know, that's a, a high volume rum. And then there's all the mixers that bars and restaurants use. Um, there isn't really a lot of room for somebody to come in with a a you know a more well crafted white rum and expect to do well, and yet that's exactly what they've done. Um, so the bottle itself, uh, this rum is bottled precisely at eighty two point four proof or forty one point two alcohol by volume. I will go ahead and take their word for it. I didn't break out the chemistry set and verify it, but it seems reasonable. Um, note that when you buy this bottle, it is a one liter bottle as opposed to a standard 750 milliliter bottle and it retails for about $17 a bottle. So it's probably more like a, you know, a $14 bottle of rum. It's really, it's like a crazy bargain, um, like the others that Plantation has that are their mixers. So like the, uh, original dark and like the Plantation five-year Barbados, it's, it's a real good bargain for what you're getting. Um, at the price, in fact, at the price Plantation sells, um, their standard mixing rums, there's really not any reason to have lesser rums in your home bar. Um, so I would encourage you to, to stock the full line. If you're, if you're gonna, if you're the type that's going to have a lot of rum in your bar anyways, um, you are not going to do wrong by having these in your, in your home bar. Um, anyways, back to the bottle itself. Um, like I said, it's a one liter bottle. It has a very cool label with a lot of writing on it. Um, it is probably the usual marketing speak when you read it, but it is kind of interesting at the same time. And does give you a little bit of the history, not the, really the history, but more of the idea of the rum where those um, three different countries and those three different styles are coming together. So you can get a little bit more of that marketing message on the label as well. So let's go ahead and taste this rum. Um, first of all, in the glass, um, it's a white rum, so it's crystal clear, just like you would expect. Uh, swirl it around in your glass and you're going to get some pretty quick forming legs. Um, and then... If you bring it up to your nose, breathe in a little bit. And again, I, I may have mentioned this on a previous show, but one of the things I learned from a uh, Martin Kate Tiki Oasis seminar is when you're smelling rums, you're also going to take flavor in or aroma in, excuse me, uh, via uh, the but via your mouth. So anytime you can um, take in the aroma on a rum, you want to breathe in with your mouth open. Uh, this is probably one of those rare times where it's okay to be a mouth breather. Um, and go ahead and stick that, stick your nose in the glass and breathe in deeply with your mouth open. Anyways, in terms of the aroma, um, it's a little bit floral and a little bit citrus and a little bit of baking spice, but really just a little there. I mean, it's only but a hint. Um, and a really nice balance between smelling like a spirit. Um, in other words, you know, you're, you're going to know, your body's going to know that this isn't a glass of water that you're smelling. Um, and yet it doesn't burn your nostrils. Yes, it's alcohol, but no, it's not going to go up and, and set fire to your nose. Uh, terms of taste, um, it's a, a little bit of heat on the lips at first when you sip it. Um, probably more complex than you might expect based on its clear appearance because if you're used to uh, clear silver white rum having a, a almost a neutral, not totally neutral like vodka, but almost a neutral 
uh, flavor. It's a little bit more complex than that. Um, lots of flavors on the tongue. Um, I'm going to credit all of the extra complexity to the Jamaican rum um, and say that it's probably the Jamaican rum bringing that complexity to the party. Um, there's a little bit more citrus hiding in there, like a little bit of orange peel, but it's again, it's pretty faint. And thankfully, there's not a strong vanilla or baking spice note on, in terms of the taste. Um, plenty of other rums feature that profile, and you don't really need that in every single rum. Finish-wise, I found the finish to be a little warm, uh, but a little, also a little quick. Overall, very clean uh, and not the same type of finish as a an aged, a longer-aged rum or something that spend more time in a barrel. So a different approach on this kind of rum, and um, it's a it's probably setting out what it's achieving to set out. Um, it's not something that should taste like it's been in a barrel for 15 years. So to sum up, um, Alexander Gabriel has done it again with this rum. Like the Plantation 5-Year Barbados, this is a superior mixing rum for the price and can be sipped neat if desired. It's not complex like the double-aged Plantation Vintage rums, but it's not really trying to be that rum. Uh, it's another Plantation rum like the Barbados or like the 5-Year Barbados and like the original Dark. Uh, that I really don't want to be without in my home bar. So um, I keep these in stock now. And by the way, another good application for this that we're not going to talk about in terms of the recipe, but I've made several delicious Hemingway daiquiris with this rum. So if you have fresh white grapefruit juice and maraschino on hand, I would give that a go also. Okay, uh, a very brief history of the Navy grog. Uh, most are familiar with the British Royal Navy getting their daily rum rations. If you've read any rum history at all, you know that the British Royal Navy famously received a daily rum ration. Um, back uh, in the uh, 1700s, Admiral Edward Vernon is credited with introducing citrus to this daily rum ration, in fact, in 1740. This was primarily done because he also instituted a policy cutting the sailors' rations of rum with water, and the water that he used to cut that was pretty foul stuff. Um, and interesting to note, if you were a higher ranking officer in the British Royal Navy, you still took your rum neat. This policy was more directed to uh, the, the deckhands and the other people that were on the front line, so to speak. And so anyways, to make the rum and water mix more palatable because the rum wasn't so great, uh, citrus was also added. Now, inadvertently, Admiral Vernon's sailors also became healthier than crews on other ships as the citrus helped fend off scurvy. Uh, this wasn't really known why it was taking place at first, uh, although once it was observed, the practice spread through the fleet and the concoction itself of water, rum, and citrus was named Grog because Vernon's nickname was Old Grog. And Vernon's nickname was Old Grog. Uh, that name was bestowed on upon him because he usually wore a grogum coat. Um, and so there, there's your history lesson. Podcast mission accomplished. So the Navy Grog has endured through hundreds of years, as you can tell, all the way back to you know the 1740 era. Um, it's a staple of bars and restaurants that feature Polynesian cocktails, whether you're talking about classic mid-century era bars and restaurants or even older, if you talk about um, Don the Beachcomber era, all the way up until um, the uh, Chinese restaurants of the 60s and 70s, and then the Tiki de-evolution in the 80s, and then you know back into the cocktail, the, the craft cocktail movement of the 2000s and current. Um, the Navy Grog has been a consistent drink that you find on menus, you know, through, throughout that time period. Um, like the Mai Tai, um, the recipes vary wildly, uh, both in terms of execution and in terms of quality. Uh, both Don Beach and Trader Vic featured the rum, uh, or excuse me, featured the drink on their menus. 
And Vix was popular enough that they marketed a Navy Grog mix to combine with their rum and citrus. So much like their Mai Tai mix, you could buy a bottle of the Navy Grog mix in stores and mix that at home with rum and citrus. And you could, the idea was you could approximate a Trader Vix Navy Grog using that uh, mix itself. Uh, the formula for a Navy Grog, kind of like a Mai Tai, again, encourages tinkering and experimentation, which is you know, you know how you get all these different variations. Um, and in most forms, the, the drink occupies a what I would call a sweet spot, although not sweet in terms of the flavor, but a sweet spot where it's a strong drink, but it's not overpowering like a zombie. Uh, personally, I love a, a 1934 zombie from Donna Beachcomber um, from his archives, but generally too many 34 zombies makes for a shorter night. Uh, so when I started playing with the formula of the Navy Grog, my inclination was to take parts from the two that I enjoyed the most, the Don the Beachcomber recipes and the Trader Vicks recipes. So the Don the Beachcomber recipe that I'm referencing is the one that appears um, on page 74 of Beach Bumberry Remixed, and that's credited as a Don the Beachcomber recipe recipe from around 1941. Um, that recipe I like because of the mix of rums primarily. So it has an ounce of Puerto Rican rum, uh, excuse me, light Puerto Rican rum, um, rum, an ounce of dark Jamaican rum, and an ounce of Demerara. So that blend is a pretty good blend of rums. And then it's mixed pretty standard with some lime and grapefruit juice, a little bit of soda water to help with dilution, and then honey mix as the sweetener. Um, so that's a that's a good drink. It's not, again, the complexity in that drink would probably come from the rums that you're using, not so much from the modifiers. Uh, most of those are all relatively neutral modifiers or standard modifiers. And so I like that one mostly for the the three different rums that are mixed together. Um, I also like honey as a sweetener because it's more that you know gives it a little bit more complexity than just sugar. But overall, that one's all about the way you mix the rums together. Now the Trader Vic's version, the Trader Vic's signature, if you get a Navy Grog in their restaurant, is that you're getting a little bit of a spice flavor in there. And so when I've you know roughly approximated that at home, I've used the same rums that they use in their traditional Mai Tai um, from ago, not from current. Uh, so I used an ounce of Martinique and an ounce of Jamaican rum and then mixed that with grapefruit juice, lime juice, simple syrup, and then some pimento dram and then like a splash of, of uh, club soda on top. And by doing so, you, the, the, um, the pimento dram gives you a little bit of that spice. I think the Navy Grog mix that they use in the restaurants is probably a little bit more complex than just pimento dram, but that is one of the primary flavor components. And then another way to make a Trader Vic's Navy Grog, if you use the uh, uh, the Trader Vic's Tiki Party book, is they they publish a recipe that uses the packaged Navy Grog mix. Um, that actually I don't think is on the market anymore, and it probably wouldn't be the way to go anyways. But um, in doing some research, at one point I found a close approximation to that syrup, uh, to that Navy Grog mix in the form of a spice syrup. And about a month ago, I put a post on my blog on the Five Minutes of Rum website that talks all about the spice syrup and how that got traced back and how it can be used to roughly equivalent, uh, be the rough equivalent of the Trader Vic's Navy Grog mix. Anyways, I will put a link to that post um, in the show notes. And also if you go to five minutes of rum.com slash blog and go back about a month again, or a month from now, <laughs> I guess a month doesn't mean much on a podcast. Uh, go back and look for a post called Spice Syrup, and I, um, I link to the source material and talk all about how to make that. In any case, so the Trader Vic's version, what I like about that um, is the pimento dram that you're using in that. And to me, the spice is a, con is a key component to what makes a Navy Grog a Navy Grog. So I knew that any version I was going to make was going to need pimento dram. 
And rather than add the club soda like the Don's recipe, um, I opted for tea to give it a little bit more of a punch feeling. Uh, classic punches were usually built around um, around five ingredients, one of those uh, usually being punch. Uh, I know the water is there primarily for dilution purposes, but um, as I used to hear Alton Brown say on Good Eats all the time, why not infl- why not invite a little flavor to the party? And so instead of just having water, let's let's put some black tea in there. And besides, it seems very navel. Um, and when it comes to the rum, I like the idea of using a Martinique and a Jamaican rum, but I ended up finding a better combination. And so taking the elements from my two favorite recipes, making my own modifications, uh, so was born the Admiral's Grog. The recipe for the Admiral's Grog is one ounce of Plantation Three Stars White Caribbean Rum, one ounce of Plantation Original Dark Rum, one ounce of Eldorado 8, that's the Demerara Rum component, one ounce of Honey Mix, and again, Honey Mix is a 50-50 mix of uh, honey and hot water just to make the uh, honey a little bit more blendable, three-quarter ounce fresh lime juice, three-quarter ounce of fresh white grapefruit juice, and an asterisk on that. If for whatever reason you can't find a fresh white grapefruit to squeeze and procure uh, and produce juice, um, go ahead and use either a bottled or a canned unsweetened white grapefruit juice and then add a dash of grapefruit bitters just to bump up the actual grapefruit flavor from that. And then three quarter ounce of black tea and one quarter ounce of pimento dram. Combine all the ingredients in a cocktail shaker and shake with ice cubes and then strain that into a double old-fashioned glass that you have filled with fresh crushed ice. Garnish with mint and a spent lime shell, and then if you have one on hand, I would optionally augment that with a sugar stick. Um, Anytime Trader Vic's is on their game, they would augment theirs with a sugar stick. And then raise your glass and lift a toast to absent friends. Um, In fact, speaking of toasting to absent friends, there's a link in the show notes. Um, since it is the Admiral's Grog and the Grog itself harkens back to the British Royal Navy, uh, I felt it appropriate to add a link to the um, British Royal Toast. Uh, the British Royal Navy has a toast, ever a different toast for every day of the week. Um, toasting to absent friends is but one of them, so follow the link in the show notes. And depending on what day of the week you're raising your Admiral's Grog, you can also raise the appropriate toast. Uh, when it comes to taste, I'm particularly biased on the Admiral's Grog. Um, I definitely have um, i'm fond of all three rums all three rums have been featured in previous episodes of this here podcast Um, i like the fact that the honey mix gives it some sweetness but also retains a little bit of honey flavor Uh, fresh white grapefruit juice really really makes a difference in this cocktail when it's mixed with the lime juice and then sort of the last addition when i've been playing this recipe was to use the black tea instead of the club soda and um, it just adds a little bit of extra you know a little bit extra something in the background. Um, overall, pretty happy with the way the cocktail came out. Uh, I think it has some of the characteristics that at least I associate with the Navy Grog, but gives it a little bit different spin on some of the things with the addition of the tea and making sure that you know you have a little bit more of a complex rum mix as opposed to the Trader Vic's version. So uh, again, this is one of the recipes I have no qualms serving to friends, and I lift my glass in a toast to the listeners of Five Minutes of Rum. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number5minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. Um, In case I haven't plugged this recently, uh, please go and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, Give it a star rating, and if you can, leave a review. Uh, It helps raise the podcast up in rankings and helps more people find the show. So if you're able to do that, thank you very much. Uh, The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum, at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. 
You can send in comments, corrections, feedback, and requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, go get some plantation rum. <laughs> 